We give thanks for your generosity that you continue supporting our church financially and with your prayers, with your presence with one another, with your gifts, your service, your witnesses, all the ways in which you vow to support our church. At this time, we prepare our hearts to give back to God a portion of what God has given us. And there's a give button here on the screen that you can use in order to have your online giving go through. But there are all sorts of ways you can give to the kingdom. And I know that during this time, as we are continuing to be spread apart and school is now coming to an end, you're looking for new ways to be able to fill your time, but also be able to do the work of God. And so I give thanks for that, that we as a church are continuing to give to the kingdom building work here on earth as it is in heaven. So will you pray with me? Lord, use these gifts, multiply them, make them be used for good so that people can experience your goodness, your grace, your love, your mercy. May we, the church, continue to reach out to the world and to be your hands and feet. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the book of Acts chapter 13. We're continuing with our series about the other person, the other person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who sometimes goes overlooked and unaccounted for, unappreciated, but the work of the Holy Spirit is mighty. It's incredible. It is um, supernatural. And so we've been trying to learn more about what it means to discern who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit is at work. And so this morning we journey with me, Acts chapter 13, verses one through three. Here we go. Now in the church at Antioch, there are prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who'd been brought up by Herod, the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, 
Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. Brianna gets onto me now because every week I'm making these, the same jokes. She's like, your jokes weren't necessarily funny to begin with, but now, you know, you're just doing them over and over again where I say, all right, hit the heart button or click the emoji or, or, you know, let me know that you are participating with your amens and your affirmations. But I tell you, that's one of my things I miss the most about preaching. I just miss, I miss being together and hearing you and, and, and being able to see you and be in the same place. And so whether you're clicking the heart button, uh, I know Brooks Conkle, whenever you see lots of hearts at one time like this, that's Brooks. I can, I'm starting to be able to tell people's patterns, um, but I appreciate that we're still in this together. And so we have been journeying through Acts. And so just to recap a bit, we've been talking about different questions that we, the church, can think through to think about um, that will help us discern how the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and where the Holy Spirit is leading us. We've been asking you to text in or email in answers to different questions each week, which will help the church council and will help us as a staff be able to discern and think about this even more. Because it's not just up to us, the staff, or even just the church council to think about what's best for our church. It's the whole church that decides these things together. And so hearing from you has been very helpful, and I appreciate all the time you've taken to send in your responses as we think about where the Holy Spirit is sending us, as we think about who the Holy Spirit is trying to help us see that might have been unseen, and what the wind might be that might be pushing us, propelling us forward. And so please continue to send those in as we continue to journey through this series for two more weeks together. With that in mind, will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know what I find truly ironic about my life a little bit? You know, the, the life paths that my wife and I have compared to our personalities and how we got to this moment of time couldn't be any more ironic. It couldn't be any more just unexpected. I mean, I'm about as spontaneous as anyone you will meet. I, I'm unorganized. I generally lack a plan at all times. I mean, I wake up and if the weather is nice, I want to be like, hey, I know we're supposed to get work done around the house, but let's go to the beach instead. That sounds like way more fun. But Brianna, on the other hand, her personality is the exact opposite of mine. She is a planner through and through. She's the most organized person I know. And there are few things that give her as much anxiety in her life than if a plan is changed at the last minute. I mean, we had to learn that early on in our marriage, that plans are important to keep. And if they're going to be changed, we need a lot of lead time. So like she needs to know a week in advance if a beach trip might even be a possibility. Whereas I'm like, hey, it's nice outside. Let's just go to the beach. And, and you know, the thing that is, is funny about that is that our, the paths of our lives have been very unnatural compared to our personalities. I mean, really unpredictable. If you were to know either of us, then how we got to where we are today is completely unexpected. I mean, you see, my whole life, although I don't really like plans, I've always known what I was going to do. I never had some grand moment of revelation where God said, Woods, you're going to be a pastor one day. I've just kind of always known 
for as long as I can remember that this was my calling, that this is what I, I was gonna do. I started telling people when I was about 13 years old and I told them, I said, from the age 13, I said this, I'm gonna go to Huntington College. I'm gonna get a religion degree. I'm gonna go to seminary, probably at Emory, which I did. And then I'm gonna be appointed to serve a church on the coast because I love the beach. I mean, my pastor growing up was, who's now Bishop uh, Lawson Bryan, he also went to Emory. So I figured that's where I go. And he had a doctorate. So I figured I'd probably do that thing too. And so as of last week, even that came to fruition. I mean, like for someone who doesn't like a plan or a script, my life to this point has pretty much gone according to the most basic plan possible. But my wife, however, for somebody who loves to predict how things will go, her journey has taken a, a much different turn. She was raised Roman Catholic. Her whole family is still Roman Catholic. And she figured she'd be Roman Catholic the rest of her life. In fact, as a young child, she even thought about the possibility of becoming a nun. She used to love to watch the Catholic channel on, t on TV. She'd just sit there in front of it and say, you know, maybe I'll do that one day. Other than her brother, all of her family lives in Montgomery. Before we moved to Mobile, she'd never lived outside of Montgomery in her life. She was planning on being a physician's assistant and working around Montgomery, and she figured she'd probably meet a nice Catholic boy and they'd settle down near her family. But then she fell in love with a soon-to-be itinerant preacher, and everything changed. Her whole plan just went very far right or left or whichever direction it went. She joined the Methodist church once we were married, but that was only after four months of us talking with her parents about what it means to get their blessing for our marriage. I mean, like literally, I asked them if they would, you know, not, as, as, as I took them to dinner in Atlanta one night and I, and I told them that I was interested in Brianna and I getting married and but we didn't want to do so without their blessing. And I'd never been so scared in my life. And it literally took four months before they said yes, because this was not part of the plan. Marrying a Methodist preacher was not part of Brianna's plan. I mean, marrying a tenor preacher also meant that her plans for graduate school were changing. There was no PA schools in Montgomery. And so she went back to nursing school. And three years later, she had to leave her hometown and come down to Mobile. Now it's all been amazing. We are super happy. We love Mobile. But for somebody, for a person who prides herself on plans and organizations and having it all exactly laid out, her life ever since college, I mean, it has turned out no way that she thought it would. And for a person who could care less about plans, mine has gone exactly how I thought it would two decades ago. And that's the thing that, you know, the thing that makes all this irony happen in the first place is that from the very beginning of our relationship and, you know, throughout, I think, both of our lives, we've always felt like we would go where the Holy Spirit called us. I mean, that was part of our vow whenever I became a ordained person, but I feel like we both took that vow because it's not just me who moves, right? It's that we'll go where the Spirit leads us through the work of the church. And I can't tell you like how inspiring it's been to see Brianna like transition and, and from the person who, you know, owned a Bible, but rarely was reading it to, to just feeling like wherever the Holy Spirit's going to lead her, that's what she wants to do. And seeing her lead groups about scripture and being a witness to, to young women in college ministry and now here in Mobile, it's, it's been amazing. And, and I think that's what it means to follow the path of the Holy Spirit is it might not go the way you expect it, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be amazing. That doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit will not use you in ways that you could not have planned for. And to see her fully live into the work of God's kingdom has been a privilege of my ministry, but more just a privilege of my life. Because I know that, that without her partnership, 
I wouldn't be where I am today. And so I give thanks for that. I mean, that's how I wanted to start this sermon, not just be, hey, I've got the world's best wife because that is how I feel. But she, for me, is the best example of an unexpected path that blesses the Holy Spirit, right? I told her I was gonna start my sermon this way and, and talk about how ironic and unexpected it was. We both ended up where we are today. And she said, yeah, things definitely didn't go according to plan. We definitely had a change of plans. And that's really what our sermon is about. I mean, that's how most of life is really. A lot of changing plans. We often think we're heading in one direction only to head in another. We think our life will be a mirror of our personality and our mindset, but then it follows a path all of its own. I mean, that in a nutshell is the epitome of what the book of Acts is. This whole unexpected way of doing life and journeying through faith journeys and just life in general. I mean, it cannot be more true than anywhere in the book of Acts. It's taking the world of the early Jewish Christians and showing how extremely their lives changed in the most unexpected ways. Their plans were changed constantly. I mean, Peter was a Jew who did not expect he was supposed to usher in the Gentiles to this new faith about following Jesus. Stephen didn't expect to be martyred for following his faith. Paul didn't expect to become part of the very group he spent most of his profession trying to hunt down and destroy Talk about changing plans. I mean, this whole business of the Holy Spirit's activity in the life of the first century church is full of unpredictability. And our text today is more of the same. Barnabas and Saul didn't know that the Holy Spirit had ever set them apart for something. They didn't know there was work to which they were going to be called. They couldn't predict that God had plans for them, which they could not have made for themselves. And the church had no idea either. It wasn't like they were grooming and vetting these two guys. The early church didn't have some grand plan that the Holy Spirit laid out for them. They didn't have this idea for which they were always looking for two people that would be perfect for this particular job. The Holy Spirit just spoke. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke and changed the plans. The Holy Spirit said, I've set Saul and Barnabas apart. And so those that were named there in the scripture, they all fasted and prayed about it to make sure that they were all hearing the Holy Spirit correctly. And then once they had done so, once they had prayed and fasted, the, the church placed their hands on these two men to whom they had been called to, to be set apart. And they sent them to do the work which God was calling them to do. I don't know that there is a better time in the life of our church or in my life personally then right now, to talk about unpredictability. I mean, we've been, been, been overtaken by the unexpected for the entire quarantine of 2020. I mean, you want to write a story about how plans can change? Start the first chapter with whatever your plans were as of January 2020, and then write down your life events over the next five months. Everyone's plans have changed. Everyone is dealing with the unexpected. Most of us didn't plan on being homeschool teachers. Most of us didn't plan on learning how to telecommute. I don't think anybody planned of not being able to go to a restaurant and sit down and eat or not be able to go to the movies or not be able to go to Carpe Diem for this long. We are living and the unexpected, our lives are one big change of plans right now. And yet, during all of this, I'm even more aware 
that the Holy Spirit is still at work. Because this is not a church that is unfamiliar with the unexpected. I mean, this church remembers the hurricanes, right? This church was able to provide relief during Frederick, Ivan, Katrina. I mean, devastation from each no one could have expected. This church has been a refuge for people during all sorts of seasons of political upheaval. I mean, if you read our history books about the church, it's amazing the way that people from Dauphin Way and pastors at Dauphin Way and the lay people here at Dauphin Way have shepherded us through tumultuous political seasons. The church has tackled financial issues and times of mass exodus. Our church, I mean, think about it. Our church has had four senior pastors in the past five years. Um, None of those things were expected. The change of plans that we've gone through at different seasons were, were not according to the way we wanted them to be or planned for them to be. Yet even still, the church continued to be a beacon blazing the light of Christ, lit by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I think there's a key reason for that. I think it it echoes a part of this text that I don't want us to miss. In verse two this morning, before the Holy Spirit speaks, the text says that those named in the scripture were worshiping and fasting. They were worshiping and they were fasting. They weren't just out on their daily jog when the Holy Spirit spoke, although that could happen. It's happened to me. It wasn't just like the Holy Spirit gave them their new life journey in the middle of their afternoon latte, even though I wouldn't say the Holy Spirit's incapable of doing that. No, I think the reason why they were most attuned to hear what the Holy Spirit was saying was because they had prepared themselves to listen for God's voice. They were worshiping and they were fasting. They were practicing what we now call spiritual disciplines. They were putting themselves in the best position possible to receive what the Holy Spirit had for them. And so I think this text is one of the best examples we have for how the work of the Holy Spirit actually happens. First, I truly believed that we are most apt to hear what the Holy Spirit has for us when we have prepared ourselves to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to offer. When we are worshiping, even if it's online, when we are in the word, when we spend time in prayer and in fasting, when we do the things that make room for the Holy Spirit, we are much more likely to be able to notice what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. And second, this is a a, a blatant reminder. Though we may be preparing to receive what the Holy Spirit has to say to us, the thing which we might be getting is likely to be completely unexpected, completely unpredictable. We might be preparing ourselves to have our plans changed in the most dramatic ways when we're trying to hear and discern what the Holy Spirit is trying to speak into our lives, we ought not be looking for a word of familiarity or for a path that is similar to our own sensibilities. More than likely, what the Holy Spirit is trying to say and where the Holy Spirit is sure to be leading us is unlike anything we could have predicted. And so my question for us this morning, the thing that I hope that you'll consider and and text back to us at 29988, or send us an email as we've been doing each week, is what can we do as a church that will make us more prepared to receive what the Holy Spirit 
wants to tell us. Think about that. What, what can we do as a church that will better prepare us to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to tell us? How might our worship look different if we were truly trying to receive what the Holy Spirit has to say? How might our lives reflect this new path that we can't predict? What might it be that we need to do to make room for God and to remove our own plans? How many of you are planners? How many of you have, have the next five weeks planned out? In spite of the quarantine, you're like, well, it's going to look like this. And every day you're checking the news to see what, what the, the, the numbers are today and, and when you can open this back up or when we can do this. Like you need to have the plan. You're going crazy without it. I just want to be honest and say, the work of the Holy Spirit is going to be very difficult. It just is. If we're not able to let go of our plans a little bit. Because the things in which God might be calling us to are more than likely not the things that you could have predicted for yourself. They might be. Maybe you heard God's calling a long time ago and you're still following that. But if you ever settle, if you ever say, I have made it in my faith journey, I'd say a settled faith is a stale faith. Because I think God is constantly calling us. I think the Holy Spirit is continuing to speak to us. There's no arrival at some I'm done moment with our faith journey. We are, are journeying towards perfection, as we like to say as United Methodists. And even still, wherever we end up in life and whatever's going on, there is something new to which the Holy Spirit might be speaking. And so what are you holding on to so tightly we talked a few weeks about letting it go. This is maybe a, a, an echo of that, a reminder, but a very specific one. That perhaps the plans that you have made or the things that you've predicted or the things that you have to say, it's gonna be this way because this is how I expect it to go. Whether it's with your family or your job or your finances or your house or where you live, whatever it might be. What, what might happen if you made some room for the Holy Spirit to speak? And how about us as a church? How might we look different? How might our worship be different if we're trying to prepare ourselves to hear what God wants to tell us? I pray that we are not a stale church. I pray that we never settle and that we always look for the power and the presence and the propulsion of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit.